We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 192. Game 5 recap, the Yankees remain undefeated at home. They are one win, one freaking win, away from the 2017 World Series. I almost can't believe it as I am saying it to you right now. I got chills as you said it. It was a, I haven't heard that out loud, so uh, that was the, the first time that it actually sounded like a real thing. Um, this team is unbelievable at home. I don't know what else to say about that. They are a, a different animal when they play in the Bronx. Again, hats off to the people who went to the game. That place was freaking on fire again. You could see it. You could see it. Like everybody, it looked like everybody was standing the entire time. That team feeds off of the energy in that place more than any team I have seen in a long time. It's unbelievable. And because it is now a known thing that the Yankee fans are back and that place is rocking like it's the 1990s again, everybody who's going to the next game doesn't want to have it be quiet. So they're extra loud to one-up the game before. And it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly how it used to be too. There's always like, you got to keep it up and it's got to stay up the entire game. And that's exactly what was happening. And you could see them feed off it. I mean, how about that emotion from Tanaka? It was all mm-hmm. over his face at every single big moment. This guy was fired up. You can we don't tell see that from him. We you, never you knew, see that You from knew him. that he wanted it like more than he's ever wanted anything in his life. 
So obviously it was it was a game one rematch. Keuchel, who has just absolutely shoved the Yankees bats down their throat time after time, versus Tanaka, who has been freaking on fire in this postseason. The whole Yankees pitching staff since that first game of Severino in the wildcard game has been on fire. We have some stats later in the show. Ever since but the Blue Jays for your boy. Ever since the Blue Jays. The fifteen strikeout game that I yeah. that I chalked up to the Blue Jays just wanted to go tee off because their season was done. Yeah, but guess what? It was real. It was real. But as far as the momentum goes in the crowd, that as long as the Yankees are winning, as long as that it's a close game, they're going to be in it. But there was a real danger tonight that they wouldn't have anything to cheer about because of Dallas Keuchel. But the Yankees' bats did not allow that to happen. Yeah, Keuchel made a what he strike out nine guys by the end of his outing, eight or nine guys. So he still had good stuff. But the Yankees were putting much better at bats together. They were squaring them up. Obviously, Bird with the rope single, Judge with the RBI double. So they got to him. With runners on base, which is something they have not been able to do ever against him, that got the crowd extra fired up. And then Tanaka went to work. Tanaka went to work. He had one little old jam that he struck out Josh Reddick, and that was it. So Keuchel had eight strikeouts, but he gave up seven hits. That was the beauty of it. They were actually making contact with his pitches. Classic 2017 Yankees. No, absolutely. They strike out a lot. We know that. But but the other thing is that they were getting hits that were they weren't all home runs. I mean they were actually moving runners. They were they were hitting gaps. They were they were doing things that you need to do to win in the postseason and not just hit home runs. And that's what we've seen over the past few wins. These guys are scoring runs in other ways besides just hitting the home run, and that's massive. These guys are actually hitting for average, and and driving each other in and hitting in in positions where you need to hit with runners on scoring position when runners are in scoring position. So it's been a it's been a, a team effort as far as the offense. It hasn't just been one or two guys hitting bombs. Yes, those those guys are hitting bombs, but the rest of the team is also contributing. So it's listen, it's beautiful. Listen to these numbers. I saw this graphic flashed on Fox, and I did a triple take because I have never seen numbers like this out of these Yankees bats in the postseason with two outs hitting two ninety eight, which is phenomenal as a team. Two outs with runners in scoring position three seventy five. That's freaking three fucking seventy five with that's runners just, in scoring position and two outs. That's that's ice through your veins. That is just clutch, clutch hitting out of everybody. Apparently, Didi has taught the entire team how to hit the clutch, so now they all know how to do it. It's beautiful. They, uh, I, I tell you, I, every time they're up to in a big moment, I'm expecting a hit. It's like it's like you could tell that these guys are all confident and they're expecting a hit. There's a mindset going on with this team right now, and the the mindset is. We can't lose. We are better than everybody. We are loose. We're confident. And they all believe in each other. If one dude doesn't do it, they all legitimately believe. And I'm not just saying this. They legitimately believe that that next guy is going to get the job done. And guess what? When you're looking at the 375 with, uh, with two outs, runners in scoring position, it's actually happening. It's actually happening. And it was great to see today, like we saw Judge in games three and four, start to have better at-bats. It was great to see Gary Sanchez release his Kraken. The the single off of Keuchel, he had struck out five straight times against Dallas Keuchel. He had, Keuchel had absolutely eaten him up on inside cutters and inside breaking balls. Gary just could not figure him out. He gets that, that um, was it a single or a double? I don't think he got to second base on it, right? On the ball down the left field line? I don't think he did, no. But uh, that made it 3 nothing, and then Didi tacked on after that, knocked Keuchel out of the game. As my dad texted me, knocked his ass back to the Civil War era. Uh, it was awesome to see Gary Sanchez also come around because if you got Judge and you got Gary Sanchez clicking at the same time, this offense might be the best in 
in the league. That's how good those two hitters are. That's how good this offense is when those two hitters are going. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, especially with the way that the Yankees pitching staff is rolling right now. I mean, there that's talk about the the um the unsaid the unsung hero of this entire team. It's the starting pitching. The starting pitching has been unbelievable in this Houston series. I mean, we we talked about when they're in Houston and they only give up four runs. You know, you're looking to come out of there with with a split, right? You see those numbers. You're looking to come out with a split. They pitched very well in Houston. It, it just has continued um, in, in, into this series. Everybody has has delivered a, a good start. Sonny Gray probably being the worst of, of them all, but still pretty good. And when you have that, to add it with the bullpen that's lights out, who has who has been very underworked right now. Like these guys are ready to go, uh, and then you and then you also add in a an offense that's clicking on all cylinders. Man, tough to beat, tough to beat. It's just a it's a scary team right now. Nobody wants to nobody wants to come against this team. And Houston's scared to death right now. I guarantee it. Starting pitchers ERA, not including Severino's wild card start. Obviously, you have to include that. But after that happened, two thirty three ERA in the postseason. Unbelievable. I mean, that's and it was obviously against the a, best against the best two teams in the in the American League. Hundred win teams, the Indians and the and the Astros. The Astros were the best offense in baseball. Outscored the Yankees by like forty runs. This is a this is a murderer's row type offense. That's what we were gearing up for. Boom, two thirty three ERA. And they're absolutely controlling the top of the order. Uh, you look at what. Uh, what Springer and Reddick have done. They've done nothing. Zippo. <laughs> Literally, no, I don't think Springer has a hit. Does he have a hit? Nope, he, no, me, Re, uh, no, no. Springer has two hits. Reddick has no hits. Reddick is the one that it doesn't have any. So two two hits out of the top two guys. Then you throw in Altuve in there, who's been uh, who's been definitely so, kept at bay in New York. And the Correa, middle of that who's order. Kept at bay. The middle of that order, I think, is having solid series. Guriel is probably having the best series. Guriel's probably definitely having the best series of anybody. Yeah, but Altuve was on base a ton in those first two games. Correa had a, I know he had a hit late in today's game. The middle of the order has been doing okay for Houston, but they're hitting with the bases empty the entire time. So fine, you you give up a two out single to Altuve. That's not the worst thing in the world. No, no, it's perfect. That's 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 what you want to do. You got to limit those guys on on base so that they have nothing to uh, set the table for. And when you're doing that, I mean, it was a different story in Houston. These guys, some of them, they, they were getting on base and they got timely hits. It's not like they were getting a, a ton of hits. They were just getting timely hits and it happened late in the game. And it was Altuve and Correa doing the damage in Houston. Just not happening here. It, it just, uh, the two of them did a lot of the damage themselves. Um, well, that's the thing. It's the, the Houston Astros, for as bad as their offense has been, it's still they're a different team at home, just like yeah. the Yankees are a different team at home. So it's not going to be easy. I thank thank God they only have to win one of those games in Houston because if they were going to have to win game six and seven, I was almost going to say it's not doable. Uh, it's obviously doable to just win one of these two games, but it's not going to be easy because this Houston offense, I think, is a different type of animal at home. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how Severino goes out there and throws because this is a, a type of a different type of pressure, I, I think, when you're going away. Uh, at Houston on a game that you can clinch. To me, that's a that's a different type of of pressure. Obviously, you're getting to the World Series, you're away, um, so you're going to be feeling the the crowd on on the road as well, and going up against Justin Verlander. I mean, there's there is a good amount of pressure because um, you know you don't want it to go to a game seven if you can obviously if you could if you could control that because anything can happen in a game seven. I mean, there's so many weird things that can happen in a game seven. Uh, because the kitchen sink will be thrown at them, but that's a that's going to be a really really good start for Severino to to come out and just prove himself once again, saying, "Yep, this is me. I'm the guy," and uh, and and put out a, a really good start against that against that team. That's the, that's the guy I want in that in that game because um, 
you catch lightning out of a bottle. I mean, he's he's definitely the most dominant uh, starter on this team. You're right. This is the first time the Yankees have actually led in one of these postseason series. Yeah, it feels always, weird. They have always either been in an elimination game or playing catch up. Yeah, it's a it's a different position for these Yankees. It's a <laughs> the, we've the the entire time they've had their backs against the wall, and even when they're in New York, they you know we said at one point that this the home field advantage has flipped, and that's what that's the beauty about when you have such a strong home field advantage, and you're the road team. I mean, you're coming in with that three game uh, that three game string in the middle. It's it's almost a disadvantage to the team that had the better record. It, it is. I mean, but look they got what two games. They got two games at home right now. Yeah, so. but they're they're in an elimination game right now. They're in an elimination game going back home. That's a big as, deal. As far as pressure goes on the Yankees, I mean, they've they've. I, I think as far as pressure goes, they've gotten it all out of their system. They've gone through four elimination games at this point. They went to Cleveland in a game five facing the the guy who's going to be the Cy Young and Corey Kluber on the road, and they, they nutted up for that. The offense got it done. So, yeah, Verlander may have been dominant in, in game two, but they've seen him now. They saw him for nine innings. I expect a lot better at-bats from this team, and and believe me, Verlander's going to be out there until his freaking arm comes off because yes. that bullpen is trash. Houston does not want to go to their bullpen. Maybe uh, Giles at the end. But other than that, that's Verlander's game for 150 pitches. Oh, yeah. Verlander will throw until his arm falls off. There's there's just no doubt that he's their best option at 160 pitches. <laughs> their, their bullpen is nothing. Uh, and I think they finally realized that. Uh, the only time that they actually did have well, I mean, Giles did pitch well at home. Uh, I don't know if that makes a damn difference uh, with this guy, if this offense is, is still clicking the way it is. It'll be really interesting to see how this Yankees offense plays in Houston now that they've kind of gotten on a little bit of a, a streak. And, you know, if this uh, if the offense can can also um, travel, you know, with with them, if these guys can actually stay hot. I wish there wasn't a day off tomorrow because I just want to keep playing every single day so that these guys can stay hot. I feel like any time off is a bad thing for this team. Yeah, that's what that's what Smoltz was saying at the end of the broadcast. Um, there was a, but the, again, there, there was a day off in the travel, and they stayed hot going into Cleveland. So I really think that this team is at the point where they're just so confident, like you said, yeah. that that kind of little shit just is not going to bother this team at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think me as a fan is more worried about that. I just want to get this thing going. Let's just keep going. Let's just you keep just going. Just get it over with. Let's just go. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the anxiety is not stopping. This day is not helping the anxiety. So let's just let's just keep rolling here. No, these guys are probably all fine. They're like, yeah, good. I have a day off. I can travel and chill. And then, you know what? We're going to go in and play confident because that's what they are. They're a confident freaking group of guys. And they all believe, even if someone's bad, even if someone's doing bad on a given day on, or in a given at bat, they have the confidence that that guy's going to come back on the next time. And I love it. It's so freaking huge that they all have each other's back in like a, re- in a very real way. It's not, it's not freaking lip service. It's real. You know, when I knew this was uh, good stuff for Game 5, when I saw that Andy Pettit was throwing out the first pitch, which I called on last night's podcast. Yes, you did. It was, uh, it was a pretty easy guess. Congratulations. I went a little out there and uh, I said brocious because I thought that was maybe, I don't know. <laughs> That was a bad guess. It was a bad a guess. guess. It was a bad guess. You knew Houston, that uh, Pettit was in town. That was unfair game. Um, but I was a little worried when I saw that you were right. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a little worried that, that you did get it right because of the walking jinx, because of the fact that uh, Pettit is linked to potentially mo- working for the Marlins. There were just some things that were bothering me with the Tanaka start. None of that mattered because Tanaka pitched lights out, and, uh, and none of that stuff matters in real life anyway. So let's, it was let's talk about Tanaka, who now this is what his third start in the postseason. and He's been fantastic every time he's gone seven innings in each of his three starts. 
I mean, the the fact that he's going the distance. You know, I was worried about this one. I don't know if you were, uh, if if you got any sense of, you know, maybe this is uh, this is going to end a little shorter than we had hoped in the fifth inning when he had two go- two runners on. I, I I didn't want to pull him in the fifth inning, but I wanted Girardi to get somebody up, and he waited. I think until that the next batter had started when there was a runner on first and second. I'm like, you got to get somebody up right now. It was a two nothing lead at that point. There's no reason to mess around. Like if, if Tanaka all of a sudden is 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 not locating, he left a couple balls out over in the middle of the plate that were missed, that were fouled off and not not hit, but looked like they could have been. Um, I was I was looking at that, but he bounced back. He threw a, a really good fastball on the outside corner to I think Springer uh, and struck him out, and and then he came back and struck out. Uh, I think Reddick the next play. Reddick on the splitter. So unbelievable! Like the, the, he bounced back. The, there was the you know he he faced a bit of adversity. And, uh, and he came back and then was phenomenal for the next two innings. Yeah, I wonder if, if they had gotten to Altuve, if Altuve had come to the plate, what Girardi would have done there. Yeah, it's interesting because they had Canley warming up. So Canley, yeah. obviously, is the guy who came in and threw two innings, but he was warming up also in the fifth for if Tanaka. And I thought that was smart. I'm, I'm glad. Like, as soon as I tweeted it, I saw one of the beat writers say that uh, Canley was up. So uh, that made me feel good because Joe was right there with me, right? Right there saying, <laughs> okay, just in case I see something else bad. Because maybe he saw that same slider that that hung over the plate. Uh, we're gonna throw. We're gonna get into Canley, and we're not gonna mess around with this. Two nothing lead. You got to hold that lead at this point, right? Like that's it. You could. You have a chance right now to take a three two lead in this series. You you do everything possible that you can do to get that lead. Yeah, I think I think it would have been a, a real big question. I think he would have let him face Altuve, but I don't think he would have let him face Correa because at right. that point it probably would have been two to one and bases loaded. So. And Correa is no, a lot more of a home run threat uh, yeah. for for uh, uh, going up against Tanaka than Altuve. But that was the only trouble. That was the only jam that Tanaka and Tanaka worked out of jams that weren't his fault in the first couple innings. Frazier boots the ball in what was that? The second inning, third um, inning, second inning, something like that. It was early, yeah. It was early in the. It might have even been the first inning where Frazier booted the ball. I was listening to John and Susan at that point. I hadn't hadn't left the office yet. But then when that in that pop up to lead off the third inning that no one could catch for whatever reason also had to work out of that gym. Yeah, that, I mean it was an in between ball. Everybody was on Castro for whatever reason. I'm, that's not Castro's ball. He drifted pretty far back. Uh, it was Hicks's ball. Hicks pulled up. Whatever. I don't. It, it's he pulled the camera. Maybe it doesn't matter. It wasn't that bad. But he was looking at Castro like he thought Castro had it. So I don't know what they're if they were talking to each other or not talking. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Everyone's it been hitting hurt. on Castro. And I mean, look well, at the error he had. They were, yeah, look at the error he had in Game Four, and he's been pretty bad at the plate for a lot of this series. Yeah, he got a hit today, uh, but he he was uh, he's an easy target right now. He's he's an easy target, but he shouldn't be because you know what? Tomorrow he could be a freaking hero, or Friday he could be a hero. You just don't know. These guys are going that that good that one of these guys is bad all of a sudden they're going to be really good and then you're all going to be hating life hating the fact that you're like oh i wanted to get rid of castro because i know a lot of people have said that in the past and then all of a sudden he's really good again whatever he's part of this team that's really good and he's a a a key component because he gels with these guys very well and that is important he's part of this team right now that's that's one win away from the world series and i've been just trying to ignore everyone on twitter tweeting me about what are we going to do with todd frazier in the offseason what are we going to do with uh chase headley in the offseason it's like can i can i worry about that in a couple weeks can i just focus on the playoffs right now they're stressful enough already i don't need to worry about the yankees getting under the salary cap next year as well yeah guys let's let's all live in the moment this is this is an unbelievable run the yankees are making right now who gives a shit what they do next year Right now, I don't care right now what happens next year. 
we have an entire off season to talk about and think so about much time when the, the hot season. stove happens. I mean, it, there's a long time. Trust me. <laughs> we do a podcast every week. We know how long it is. There's a lot of time to talk about this stuff. Um, but right now, live in the moment. Enjoy what we're watching because these guys are, are really on a, they, an unprecedented run. And I think it's – I know there's still one win away, so I'm not counting – I keep saying that because I'm not – I know you don't want to. You don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want you to be the guy either. So just keep doing that. I think it's fitting that they went through Cleveland, who they traded Andrew Miller to, and now they're going through Houston. They're playing Houston, who they traded Brian McCann and who Carlos Beltran is on. It's just so funny the way that this last year of Yankees baseball has worked out. So does that mean if they were to advance, which is you know a long ways away, and I'm knocking on wood, if they were to advance, you'd rather them go through? Chicago because we it would have, have to be Chicago just or or would it be or or we could just get payback for the Dodgers for letting the Red Sox off the hook with Carl Crawford and uh, and all the rest of that those contracts yeah, we, could, we, of, could, we could look at it both ways a lot of ties there with the Dodgers especially because Dave Roberts is managing that team oh yeah Jesus and they and they did our boy Donnie baseball dirty they did do our boy Donnie baseball dirty and Bellinger's dad was a Yankee a lot of things going on over there <laughs> uh, yeah that series is. I've see the thing about this playoffs. Um, I have not watched as much of the other teams just because we've been so invested in the Yankees, and that's actually something I miss because playoff baseball is so good. And I love you and I watched every game of last year's playoffs, even though the Yankees weren't in it, and we talked about that a lot. But because we every night are in it for four hours plus with the Yankees, between sitting on the edge of our seat or actually at the games and then doing this podcast after, just haven't had any time for any of the other games. Well, let me give you the rundown on what's happening in the National League. The Dodgers are steamrolling everybody. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> they're just crushing everybody. I mean, they're they're not they're not even they're not even letting people hang around. Have they have they lost a game? I don't think they have. No, not yet. So they're uh, and you Darvish is going tonight. Good. So. I love it. And I yeah. love. I would hope they sweep the Cubs and then the Yankees are going up against the Dodgers team. Whoa, that whoa, was whoa, the, whoa! If they win, <laughs> if they win, if 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 if. Uh, would ha- already have gone through Cleveland, gone through Houston, the two best team in the American League, and then the best team in the National League. So I, there's nothing that is scaring me or these Yankees right now. No, they're they're on a they're on a a different level as far as confidence, and um, you know they're I love I love that mentality that these guys are just they know no they don't know any better but to go out there and play baseball, and that's it. I love Greg when you listen to Greg Bird's uh, post game interviews. It seems like they get him every single game. And he's just he's just so perfect with the uh, he's got a little bit more personality with the uh, with the Yankee you know rhetoric, but he, it's it's definitely their Yankee rhetoric. He just he just says it with more inflection, I think, and it just sounds a little bit more you know bubbly or whatever. But it's basically saying that no, they just they're just going out there and playing baseball. That I'm just going out here and playing baseball <laughs> next day. We, just, yeah. just gonna go out and play baseball. That's I it. believe he said that uh, he loves to play baseball. So that's play, good. We all love that's to play his, baseball. That's his job, so that's a good thing. We all love to play baseball. We love to hang out with each other. We love to so, be around each other every single day, and, and uh, we're just going to go play baseball. Who, here's the question. Who is more of the Yankees rhetoric, Tim or Judge? Oh, it's Judge. Did you hear what um, I think Verducci did a thing pregame? Because do you remember that play um, that actually saved the Yankees on that Gurriel bases clearing double? Judge comes in from right field last night, so this was game four, and backs up the play and ends up tagging out Gurriel. Remember yes, that play? Yes. 
uh, Verducci was uh, talking about it pregame that he asked Judge about that and that the Yankees coaches drilled that into every one of their players in the minor leagues to always back up plays, to always be hustling, to always be doing things the Derek Jeter kind of way. Be where, anticipate where the ball is going to go and be there. And that's all Judge was thinking about on that play. See, you're missing the great line because there was a great line. I was watching that too. He said, I was brainwashed by the Yankees player development yeah. system. That's that's. That's such a great line. The <laughs> fact that he was brainwashed by the Yankees player development system and that they teach them these things and that's how that's how they go about their business. And obviously these guys are all, you know, I, I love the fact that, I mean, we haven't talked about Judge doing press conferences in a while, but there's been many times in the playoffs now and especially in the ALCS when he's up on the podium talking and he gets a question that he doesn't quite you know, have a, an answer formulated completely in his head. So he just does like a four, four to five second pause and just literally collects his thoughts and then goes and answers it. And maybe he'll start it and be like, well, uh, and then he'll like pause for four to five seconds, literally stop, look down and then look up and just give you that like, you know, smirk answer with uh, that's complete textbook. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. It, it's just, it's so good. If I were a judge, I would just start pausing for like 15 seconds and see yeah, what people to do. Yeah, see how awkward it gets? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely been pausing more. Like, you could tell that he's trying to collect himself. And a couple of times, yeah. he was up there with, uh, with Frazier. It was just the two of them. And he was just fighting back smiles. Like, one of the reporters was, you could tell the guy was really old and probably smoked like a, a, a carton of cigarettes a day. And his voice was kind of funny. And you could just see Judge biting his tongue because it was it was he was about to laugh at this guy's voice. It's just things like that. You could see like the kid in him like trying to fight back the uh, you know the the reaction that a twenty something kid would do um, and try to be this poised professional athlete. It's pretty funny. One guy who does not do any pauses before he speaks is Todd Frazier. He just right. lets it shoot from the hip. Whatever comes out of his mouth is gonna is that's what's being said on national TV. Yeah, and it's usually awesome. <laughs> it's usually um, awesome. Any more, any more thoughts from this game before we uh, get out of here? We got a couple of, we have an announcement too that we want to make sure everyone's aware of. Yeah, it's, uh, the other thing about the game real quick, the pitching, I mean, Canley was phenomenal. The, probably the guy we didn't touch on too much, but he was really good. I mean, he's, he looks like the guy he's, he's been uh, this entire postseason, just lights out, pumped up to, to no extent. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, that, you know, I think this team really, Joe, really, really can, can trust and believe in because he's been so freaking good. And he's just such a competitor. I love it. Did you, were you at all upset that he had him go two innings? Obviously, there's a day off yeah, in between that's, games five and six. So he'll, he'll be ready for game six, but yeah. only for probably one inning in game six. Well, I mean, there was nobody else used, so everybody's ready. So that's why I was fine with it. And yeah. there is the day off, so no, I had no problem. But it was with a five, it. five nothing lead. You could have. I don't know, gone to Warren or somebody else just to make sure that you're not overworking somebody. I, I don't think it was the wrong move. I'm just saying that. Yeah. If you, Girardi, if you, how can you complain about something when the Yankees win five nothing? Yeah, but, you can't. But that's just one thing that you might that might uh, be a storyline going into the bullpen if they need a lot of outs out of their bullpen in Game Six. I, I just don't think Canley is affected by that. I really don't. I don't. No, think he'll be good for one inning. And you figure with Severino on the mound, he's going to get you into that game, so you're not getting. 23 outs out of your bullpen like you had to do in other games in this playoffs yeah. so it's fine like i think it's fine you got d-rob fully rested obviously chapman fully rested um and green fully rested yeah yeah they're, i mean they're ready to go they have every freaking bullet ready to go out of that bullpen so a lot of confidence a lot of confidence they should have a lot of confidence in their pitching staff right now too i mean they're just every, up and down the up and down the pitching staff has been so good and then if 
worst case scenario, the Yankees are in game seven. You got CC lined up, the, the biggest of big game pitchers, the stopper, who, if he pitches again, would be pitching after a Yankees loss, who's already 10-0 in those situations. <laughs> I mean, it's lining up beautifully. I, I'm really trying not to get ahead of myself here because they have two, two very potential, two very important games in Houston, and Houston is fire at home. They're really good at home. So as good as we saw the, how the Yankees are at home, Houston is as good. Their 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 offense clicks on a different on a different level, and you know they're going to be pumped up for that game, especially with Verlander going. They're going to be pumped up, and they're going to try to be aggressive against Severino. So it's not going to be an easy game by any means. Okay, here's the announcement. Uh, then I feel like you built this announcement up like it's going to be a really good thing, and, and now everybody's going to be very disappointed. Announcements, voicemails are coming up. Uh, no, that's not the real announcement. There will be voicemails to end the show, and I'm sure they'll be on fire again. The pandemonium guy. Pan- Can we- pandemonium! Pa- pandemonium! Panda-fucking-monium! I love it. Danny and England, you are my hero. Tw- you see the Yankees' Twitter tweeted it out said pandemonium. pandemonium! I think they listened. They have to listen. That was inspired by Danny and England, no doubt about it. I, that's too. That's too. That's too much of a coincidence. I'm sorry. The, you, nobody uses that word, <laughs> except, except Danny from England. Except for Danny from England. Yeah. So Danny, congratulations! You got shout the, out uh, to the whoever's Yankees. on and, the uh, and shout out to the social media team from the Yankees who's listening to us. Right. What's up? Yeah. What's, what's up, guys? Can you get us <laughs> tickets for the World Series if they make it? If they make it. Right. Uh, okay. Here's the announcement. The next podcast will most likely be on Sunday which will be after games six and seven. Scott and I both have a couple of things going on on Friday. If we can make it work, if the Yankees move on to the World Series, we might be able to record a little something short. But most likely the next podcast will be on Sunday. And if the Yankees are going to the World Series, it'll be a freaking happy-ass podcast. (laughs) If not, there'll be a lot of stuff to unpack from two losses in games six and seven. Hopefully it does not come to that, however. Yeah, if it uh, if there is a game that that there is some good news, we're gonna try our damnedest to get on. But we just have a ton of things happening this weekend, unfortunately. Um, the other, if it is not something that's going our way, we don't want to talk about it anyway. So I don't really care if we wait if they lose, personally. So the um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, we see the numbers. We know when people listen more. Well, no, yeah, and the fact is, I don't really, you know, if it's if it's a if it's a dead deal at that point, like whatever, these guys will want to wait too, or no, probably nobody wants to live live through that again anyway. Anyway, that's not what we're expecting. We're expecting good things. Stop bringing me down now. Good stuff. Good stuff is going to happen. I'm pumped up for it. Um, But hopefully we could both, you know, sneak away and get something uh, recorded for you guys. Awesome. Enjoy these voicemails, and we will talk to you over the weekend. Let's go, Yankees! Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out. Where I pick up the phone, where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. I just wanted to say that throughout the whole ALDS and first couple games of the ALDS, you know, everybody talks about judges strikeouts, but you know, it seems like he's finally adjusting to being thrown breaking balls constantly. But the one thing that really uh, shows me a lot about this team, this team's character and what they have up and down this lineup. Is that they got guys like Gregorius picking these guys up. You know, Brett Gardner, the old veteran, picking these guys up. Keeping this team in it. While guys like Sanchez and Judge find their way back, make adjustments. The last two pitches last night, I went back and looked at them and they're both off breaking balls, the home run and the double. So, I mean, if that's to say something, maybe, maybe Judge is making some adjustments. 
I mean, if we if he did, I don't know, man. Astros gonna be hurting. World Series number twenty eight. Justin from Philly, Yankees win again. Let's go! Finally beat that bearded bastard. Let's see Verlander game six, and we go on to the World Series. Let's go, Yankees! Just got out of a hundred question test. Took it twenty six minutes to listen to the Yankees. Meanwhile, my phone's blowing up. Bird with the single, Judge with the clutch double. Go Yankees, baby! It's star postseason. Yo, Kaya, who's your fucking daddy? Boys, can you believe it? The Yankees are one game away from the World Series. Let's just let that sink in for a moment. Did anybody think this team was gonna go this far this year? This is incredible. I'm loving watching this team play. We're going back to Houston. Let's get to Verlander. Let's not even let it get to a game seven. Sevy on the mound. I'm pumped for this game. Friday night. Can't wait. Let's do it. Yankees all the way. Let's go. Let's go Yankees. Dallas Keuchel who? Let's go Yankees. Pinstripe pride, baby. I don't have much to say. Is this fucking real life? This is... I can't believe this is actually happening. This is the most unbelievable... Most surprised I've ever been as a Yankee fan, and win or lose the rest of the way, this has been one of the greatest rides I can possibly remember as a Yankee fan, including all five World Series they've won in my lifetime. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Paul in Harlem again. I've been to every home game so far this postseason, and when we scored that first run off from Keuchel, that was the loudest I've heard this stadium. This is our year. Let's go, Yankees. Three to two, baby. Took down that douchebag Keuchel. Told us the freaking evil empire. Go sit down, you bearded weirdo. Next stop, Verlander. Let's go. World Series, baby. Let's go. Hey, Karen from California here. We beat up on Kluber. We beat up on Keuchel. Now, one more game, we're looking to beat up Kershaw. Beat up the three Ks. Beat up the KKK one game at a time. Fuck the KKK. Fuck Boston. How's that 19 pole, Boston fans? Yo, this is Matt from Denver. I'm so fucking hyped about this team. I swear to God. It's super fun to not have any expectations. These young guys. And these dudes are fucking sick. And to lead them all off, to lead the team, Todd Frazier. Todd fucking Frazier. You know, with all this talk about the Yankees were supposed to be getting on ball this pitching, guess what? We took the Twins out. We weren't supposed to beat Cleveland, and then we, we knocked out Kluber twice. Hey, guess what? We weren't supposed to make it to the ALCS. And we didn't get Keiko the first time, but we got him tonight, baby. And guess what? Verlander, we're coming for you, Bobby. We're coming, okay? Yankees, we're coming. All the way, all the way to the World Series. We got this. Ciao, bye bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.